This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode 143. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and with me as always, my co-host, Adam Bell. Hey, Peter. How you doing? It's Friday. Two thumbs up. It's Friday. Two thumbs up. It's Friday. <laughs> Woo, doggy. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks. It was such a week last week that I had to take a break off of recording. Yep. We just had to vent. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. So we just chatted. We did just chat. And that was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some days, dear listener, you're just not uh, entitled to hear all of the stuff. You know, that, um, <laughs> that is reserved for our paid subscription. Yep. <laughs> so if you want to subscribe as little as $10 a month, you get access to the private conversations between me and uh, Adam. Uh, incidentally, these private conversations are also available free of charge to Amazon, Apple, Google, Facebook, <laughs> <Yeah>. the NSA, <laughs> Microsoft, <laughs> Sony, Samsung. <laughs> yeah, every vendor along the way. Yeah, yeah, so they get it all for free. But you, you have to pay. You must pay. It's a subscription. I mean, it's a, we, it's a small $10 month. You won't even notice it. It's two cups of coffee. It's two cups of coffee. Bingo. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So as we were saying, yeah, I needed to. Uh, I needed to take a break. It was. It was pretty rough. We um, we at the hospital rolled out a big um, uh, initiative to ratchet down security, like lock things down, hardcore. And security, by definition, is the inverse of convenience. Yes. And when you make things inconvenient for people, they complain. Lose their mind? Oh, no, yeah, just, just like, complain. No, no, it was like okay. rigging out of the... Anyway, so uh, I dealt with a lot of that over the last two weeks, and mm -hmm. uh, I was happy because I was actually uh, in a meeting and reporting to the uh, the CIO of this large health network, uh, for which I am now doing security operations. And uh, luckily, I had no pushback from what I had been doing. So I was pretty pleased at that because there were definitely people who were complaining, saying, we thought we were going to be exempt from this new policy. And we're special and you can't do that to us. And you're all special. Uh, some of us are just more special than others. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's what, uh, that's what, that was what was going on in the world of Peter uh, mm -hmm. this, this past couple of weeks. Oh, it's gotten, it's gotten better now. So, yeah. you know, getting, getting support from above is always uh, a little, um, uh, it's comforting, you know, to know like, oh, okay. So management does not think, you know, executive management does not think that you're doing the complete wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So good to know. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks guys. All right. <laughs> uh, on the plus side, I finished, I finished my psychology class and uh, I got an A 4.0. So fantastic. Yeah. Another win. You're, you're so. still the old dude killing the curve. You know, I have to think that I'm probably not the only one in this class. It's it's fairly non-traditional. So okay. there are there are a bunch of old dudes and dudettes. Maybe I'm the older one. I can't. I don't really know. But it's it's it is very non-traditional. Mm -hmm. But the class is very easy. But there were also definitely some folks in there who seem to be not really getting it. So yeah, know, maybe maybe so. <laughs> oh, brother! All right. So you're gonna. How long until you graduate? Uh, I got to double check. I think I have four more classes. Nice. Um, so probably at this point, because I'm cheap and I'm getting tuition reimbursements, I'll probably wait until next year just to spread it all out. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I need to double check, actually. Now that you mention it, um, it's possible. I, I mean, I certainly could do it this year. No question. Mm. Um, 
but uh, I'm just pacing myself. You know, I'm taking like one class per semester mm-hmm. and because I have this nice tuition reimbursement package, which pays me uh, $3,000 per year. Uh, and each class costs around 800 bucks. There's you get monetizing three classes. Yeah, exactly. Three classes. Absolutely. Three and a half classes or so, mm-hmm. you know, so I'll, um, and the nice thing is too, is like you can stay, a student and you can skip like six months and not take anything. And it doesn't, you know, it's not, you don't have to drop out and re-enroll or anything like that. That's cool. Plus all my student benefits, uh, you know, discounts stay Mm -hmm. during that time. So my Apple, my Amazon, my Spotify, Google, uh, Oh, YouTube, YouTube premium is student discount. Oh, nice. All these things are available at like half price. I figure this students were stealing it, so they might as well give it a discount rate so they get something. Exactly. I mean, you know, a student paying five bucks is cheaper than zero or 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 better than zero. zero. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I um, um, did subscribe to YouTube Premium. Did we talk about that? No. I paid for it. Not YouTube TV. Now, we did do YouTube TV with my parents. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was too complex. It was too yeah. awesome. Uh, and, and you know what, after some time now that I've, uh, now that I've thought about it and so I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not all that intuitive. I was wondering if maybe the, um, Google TV appliance might be easier because then there's just one app but my father could not wrap his head around the idea of opening up the Amazon TV app. And then, you know, from there having to choose YouTube and then from YouTube having to choose live TV or channels or sports or, you know, stuff. And I was like, okay, it's not the most intuitive when you have to do Mm -hmm. that. You know, if you were just staying in the, um, uh, the Amazon ecosystem, mm-hmm. or if you maybe, you know, maybe Apple TV is better. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to try it, but you know, just like at the same time, like whatever, he's happy paying twice as much for inferior satellite TV service. Let him. Well, and, and like you said, they do get tricky because I have a smart TV. So I go into my smart TV and at the bottom of it, it's got Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, all, all the apps that I log into Amazon to do. Yep. The, the reason I don't do it in my TV is my TV is, oh, now two years old. It may not be quite two years old. It's not as fast as my Apple or my Amazon Fire. So it's faster to use my Fire Stick Absolutely. than it is to use my TV. Plus, I don't have to sign up in my TV. <laughs> for all those subscriptions and it's harder to type it in my TV, but I could see how you could get confused. You're like, well, I just, I see it here, but I can't <laughs> log in. No, no, dad, you go here to this menu and yeah. then click and then you're in. Yeah. Well, why can't I do it at the other menu? Yep. Cause they're not the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and to answer your question, um, I actually, I am seven out of 10 classes down. Okay. Five, six, seven. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes. So I have three more to go. So I could conceivably graduate this year. Mm-hmm. It'll cost me like an extra 200 bucks or something if I do. But then I can, you know, put those towards a master's degree program next year if I wanted to. I don't know. One of these days, we'll call you Dr. Nicolaitis. Doctor. It's not the strangest thing in the world. You know? <laughs> 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 wait a minute you don't have your girlfriends call you doctor do you i generally don't okay <laughs> you didn't say i don't you said generally <laughs> just call me doctor just call me <laughs> dr love <laughs> you know it's funny it's like last week I, we were talking about kiss uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. they, they came up in conversation so. <laughs> All right. What else are we doing? All right. So uh, for all of our cult members out there, uh, the CrossFit Open starts next week. Next Thursday, they will release what the first workout will be. And on Friday morning, well, in some places, I mean, it is pretty fanatical. 
at midnight when this is released in say uh norway they will do that workout then at midnight as it's released as you should <laughs> as you should i mean it's it's fanatical well and <clears throat> it it is um unlike the olympics where you have the these very you know you can only go to the olympics after you've done this 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 and this anybody in the world can participate in a crossfit open if they can do the exercise and they can prove that they did it so if if you if you video recorded you doing the exercise with your phone and you met all the movements requirements in the time frame and can prove it, then you are an athlete who is participating in the CrossFit Open. There you go. Now, this whole big thing happens like what we're doing now. And with these happen in gyms and your affiliate, you know, you've got to be affiliated with a CrossFit gym. So you would have to at least make some sort of affiliation with a gym to send in your video. You don't have to work out there, but you've got to somehow affiliate with them. Got it. Um, but then once regionals, then it brings it all, it does bring it all closer together and you actually get together, but it's, it's really kind of amazing thing. How many people around the world get in on this and like, I am last, I participated in the 2018 and I was in the 40 to 45 age range. Well, whatever the 40, not over 45. And I came in 15,000th. That was the place that <laughs> where I came in at the end of the rankings. Well, in 2021, we didn't do it. But in 2019, when I aged up to 45, I came in 8,000th. So I cut it in yeah. half, but <laughs> which is better than 15,000th. But I, I suspect that the age bracket shrunk. I mean, I, I, I probably did become a better athlete because yeah. I, I got better and have more movements down, yep. but the age bracket shrinks. So there's a, there's a friend of mine who's a ultra marathon runner and he's talked about aging up. He said, the problem with aging up is these elite athletes that I'm running against, they're also aging up. And while the field yeah. shrinks, these, these same good guys are still, I'm still racing them. And, you know, the ones that have always been beating me are still beating me. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're going to get some attrition, but <laughs> I'm aging up, but these guys I'm competing age, uh, are also aging up. <laughs> yeah. Funny how that works. You yeah, know? it's so weird. <laughs> oh. So it is exciting. So we've got competition and everything between the classes and we're in the 5 a.m. class and uh, Ashlyn, my oldest daughter, she's really excited about it and she's she's registered and uh, so cool. we'll be competing against the world. I Good for you. I would like you and to, her versus the world. I would like to land solidly in the middle of the pack. <laughs> Bingo. I would like to be in the two third. If we were if we were breaking it up into thirds, I want to be in the two third, the second so third. I got my credit report again recently, and I gotta find this because I was really disappointed. Um not not in my numbers, like my numbers, my credit report is really good. But uh, I forget exactly where it was. Hang on one second. This is kind of funny. Uh, so you know how the credit report, they break it down into there's like, you know, you're, you've got amazing, super duper great credit. And then you've got very good credit. Then you've got good credit. Then uh, you're going to have trouble getting a loan. And then don't call us. We'll call, call you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you better move back home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Get a starter credit card. Oh, unable to load. Good. Thanks. Well, anyway, I got, um, yeah. So I had to reinstall Evernote because it was giving me troubles. And now it's like, oh, I can't actually load the snapshot of the credit report that you saved, which is awesome. Thank you so much, Evernote. Um, but uh, what I was interested in is seeing the breakdown and something like, I don't know, 50% or more people show up in the very good bracket. 50%. So, 
Yeah, it, it was a high percentage. Like the, you know, the you're talking about the curve. You know, it just goes up, and the biggest, or maybe it's maybe it's I don't think it's fifty percent, but it's the largest percentage of. So it's mm-hmm. a plurality at least. Yeah. Um, the largest percentage of people are in the group that I'm in. So the largest people, you know, number the lar- largest percentage of people whose credit scores are being monitored have very good credit. Uh huh. I guess that's a good thing, but it doesn't make me feel special. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess. Well, maybe we're good credit nation. I, I don't. <laughs> Sunny side up kind of thing. Uh, we've talked about how, uh, so I paid for Experian this year and I go between, I, I don't know, I think it's good and very good. So like my number, however they calculate it, I'm at the right threshold. And then if anything happens in the month, it goes down and mm-hmm. drops off. And they said, oh, your credit has changed. You're ranked from now good, from very good to good. Yep. You need to look at your credit score and I don't do anything and then and it's better. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I started getting those too. It's like, you know, you, you charge something on your credit card that affected your score. Like, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> well, and so I, I had, um, I had a, I mean, I, everybody has a credit card. I think I have a credit card and I paid it all the way off. Typically I try to keep it at, at nothing anyway. Uh, so I end up, the way that it goes, I end up paying more than what was on the card, but sometimes there's still money that is on the credit card. So finally, finally at the end of the last year, I paid the whole thing off. So it was zero. Like there was never any interest charge. They weren't making any interest on me because I was paying more in than I was taking out. It just wasn't clearing right. it off. So I finally yeah. cleared it all the way off. Well, they then raised my credit limit. Once I paid that off, they're like, well, hey, that what? works. Yeah. We've now and, increased your credit limit. And wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. That lowers your credit score because yes. you're more of a risk. You're more of a risk. You have more credit. Yep. <laughs> I have like on, on the paradigm um, credit card, I generally keep a fairly high amount, you know, credit limit. Well, like uh, amount and limit, right? Because I'm constantly, I pay for as much as I can on the company credit card because so, I get money back, right? So if any of my vendors take that, I'll do it. Unless of course they're like lifeboat distribution who charges like a 5% credit card fee. Six and a half percent. Yeah. What? Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but you know, generally I'll, I put it on a credit because I get cash back in my pocket, you know, so it's makes sense to me. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, like for my personal cards, I just double checked, like, I think one of them has like a $30,000 limit on it or something like that. Yeah, I, I know that's stupid don't on see a credit card. Ever. I've got a home equity line of credit which I could use for a big purchase like that. Mm-hmm. Why would I, you know, I just, I mean, sure. It's nice to have, but uh, I think I'm going to voluntarily lower my credit limit. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that today. Uh, well, I was working at a, at a financial firm back in the two thousands and I was working in one of the brokers up there. I was in Philadelphia. And so we were talking about credit cards and it was him and me and another person. And they were talking about, he, he said, I think I'm going to change. I think I'm going to roll my balance over to a different credit card company. And I don't know how it came up, what amount that was, but it did come up. He said, yeah, it was like 40,000. So, and I said, I said, that's an awful lot to have on a credit card. And the person beside me who, you know, who was also in finance too, they said, that amount on a credit card makes me want to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and I know some people, like I was listening to a um, pretty good podcast, the Manager Tools podcast. If you haven't checked that out, you should. It's it's good. It's yeah. really, really good. I've been on and on. I first started listening to them like well over 10 years ago when they started. Um, it is it is very good. And I actually even pay. I'm a subscriber. I pay for their um, annual fee to get transcripts and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, they were talking about how they don't use credit cards. They only use charge cards. And a what's charge card, what's the difference is you have to pay off the complete balance of a charge card every month. Oh, okay. Well, guess what? I have always used my credit cards as if they were charge cards. Yeah, yeah, That's, I'm the same way. <laughs> you know, it, to me, it's not an option to pay off a little bit or make the minimums or whatnot. You know, you mm. pay them off all the time. That's what you do. Yeah. So I guess the big difference is that you know, I don't think I don't know that charge cards give you rewards for you know for those things. So I'm just trying to like squeak out whatever little discounts and money back that I can. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. There you go. So another, uh, you know, I guess a hot topic or daily topic or whatever is the ammunition shortage. So, (laughs) oh, okay. I I guess you probably did. You you didn't, you weren't aware of that. Wasn't aware. Wasn't aware. My stockpiles are still high. So, yeah. So if you try to go to someplace like Dick's, sporting goods or academy sports and try to buy ammunition you will find the shelves bare except for maybe one particular type of ammunition that yep nobody uses anyway <laughs> like last year <laughs> last fall i was at a walmart in new hampshire and i was trying to buy myself some shotgun shells you know yep. some buckshot and i mm-hmm. couldn't find any all i could find was like duck shot yeah. <laughs> it was just mm-hmm. bird shot. I know, but yeah. I think duck shot sounds funnier. Duck shot. Uh, yeah. Turkey shot. Turkey shot. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is definitely ducks. This is not turkey. <laughs> well, and turkeys actually do have a uh, a different kind. They do a, a steel shot so that they can, uh, if you do shoot them and don't kill them, they will rust out and not kill the animal or the bird. Interesting. But odds are you're probably going to kill it, at least wounded enough to. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So, but anyway, so I went, so Ashlyn has friends over this weekend and we're going down to the farm and uh, they're, they're not country girls. So they hadn't ever shot anything. So we were going to shoot the shotgun and I was going to get the 20 gauge, which is a nice little shotgun that girls can handle who have not shot shotguns before you know not, not like the 12 gauge that's going to knock your shoulder off or knock them down gotcha. <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> i was like <laughs> i have i have 20 gauge shotguns shells and i was like well i don't want to use up my shells i want to go get some and use you know just target get a box or two and just target shoot them and i won't deplete mine mm-hmm. there wasn't any to be found uh nothing yeah, there was a 28 gauge shotgun shell, which I'd never even heard of a 28 gauge. And one of my friends who is a fanatic, I was like, yeah, they, they only had 28 gauge. He said, well, I have one of those and a case of that ammo. I'm like, you're not right. I know. <laughs> <sighs> so there is the, the ammunition. Well, and so another friend of mine, we were talking about it and he said, you know, the, the ammunition shortage is just like the toilet paper shortage. They have not stopped producing it. They are producing it as fast as they possibly can, but mm-hmm. people are just taking it off the shelves as fast as they get produced. And they're hoarding it. They're hoarding it. I'm like, well, I guess that's why the economy is going up and the stock market is going up because companies are making things and instead of buying food or doing other practical things you're buying ammunition and <laughs> so i have still I, I i admit that you know like last year during COVID times i did stock up my food reserves well, and, and you know and now i'm at a point where i'm i'm eating oatmeal more frequently than i normally <laughs> would um yeah. because oatmeal i have a lot of it, you know, figure it'll last a good long time and stuff. But now I'm at a point where some of my oatmeal will last less than a year from now. Yeah. So you got to start to draw down on your stores, right? Which yeah. fortunately, you know, it was like, I was buying a lot and this was something an ex-girlfriend of mine right around when COVID, you know, started to hit. She just could not understand like why I would buy canned vegetables or frozen vegetables. And mm-hmm. I had to explain to her the idea of stockpiling. Yeah. You know, you don't stockpile fresh lettuce. 
<laughs> you know, like, yeah. but it but it but it tastes so much better. I was like, you don't. This is you, not like. It, uh, it yeah. Was, well, you're exactly right because I mean, a, a standard American family has maybe one two weeks of food in their house. If, if that, you know, it. So if the you know the food lines or the you know the uh, not food lines the um, supply chain was interrupted for two period, two weeks, they would starve because they don't have enough food in their house as part of their, and if, if every household did that, then we wouldn't all be at a shortage like what we're doing right now. Because if everybody were stockpiling and rotating, and I don't mean, I don't mean planning on six months of food, but 30 days, 30 days is a, you know, because if, if every American household had 30 days of food that they could survive on, then we could help one another. If somebody were out of something, you know, it would just be a whole lot smarter as a people, <laughs> you know? So, well, so, I noticed yeah. that too, because like prior to COVID um, was it uh, FEMA had recommended that everybody have like three days of food on supply. Three right? days. Oh, yeah, three days. Awesome. That was it. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it became three weeks. Yeah. I was like, well, took a pandemic to get people to wake up, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you're talking to a guy who like, you know, pre-COVID, I was making almost daily trips to the grocery store. Well, yeah. Because why wouldn't I? You know, the stuff they have is fresh Mm -hmm. and it's literally less than a mile away. On a nice day, I'll walk there with my backpack, fill Mm -hmm. my backpack full of food, come home. And if Mm -hmm. I forget something... Oh, well, hop on my bike, ride back, you know, and if I need mm-hmm. a lot, okay, I'll take the car. So, um, but you probably yeah. still had staples in case you couldn't get the fresh food Bingo. today. Yes. <laughs> my pantry is full of peanut butter, canned tuna, lots of canned vegetables. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many, um, how many kilotons of rice. <laughs> 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 So there's a lot of my foundation with rice. Yes. I could live for a long time on the food that I have, you know, there. Plus I have, you know, enough ammunition to uh, safeguard my stockpiles. Yeah. That's all you need. (laughs) Oh, so, well, so this week I haven't told you this. So, well, actually it was, I, I think I got to experience a real phishing scam attempt with okay. real life people, okay. not, not an internet, like email scam, but like really a real person trying okay. to scam me. <laughs> so I got contacted through my webpage. Uh, well, they called my office and said they needed help with office 365. And they they knew that I was a Microsoft partner. So they wanted help. So I called him. Um, I'm not going to say his name just in case it's not, he's not actually a scammer and actually just doesn't do business well, but (laughs) just in case you don't do so good. Yeah. So he, you know, he explains to me what he wants to do. He explains to me that he's got this $38 million contract uh, with the school systems to, to deploy computers to students and they uh, they will then take the tablets with them, which I couldn't understand because they're a medical practice. And so you're doing the medical, the telehealth through that computer? Yes. But the only thing that you're doing is telehealth through that computer? Well, yeah, but they can use it for whatever when we're not doing that. Like that that doesn't add up to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We let him, we let him take the machines home, use it for personal use, play games, play email, games surf whatever we put. Fine. And we put, we either put a T-Mobile card in it or a Verizon card in it. So they'll have an internet access anywhere that they go. And also, so we can track that gear. Like, well, that, that are they part of some special program? I mean, are these special needs students? You know, are they some, no, they're just the reg- they're just the regular students in in school. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so so what do you need me to do? Well, we we want you to be able to manage the licenses of Office three sixty five. 
I said, well, that's, that's not hard. I mean, I just put a RMM agent on those things and I can then track them, remote management software and, and track them. And these licenses, you know, and Microsoft Intune, I explained all, well, yeah, we got that. And, and then I'm thinking about building my own operating system. What? <laughs> he said, well, I'm tired of dealing with these, these hardware shortages and I can't get these computers. And, and I, you know, I want to get Microsoft and Android's got another one in this spreadsheet. Does, and I'm like, okay, what does and this did, have to do with what we were talking about? I mean, and did you, and did you say like, oh, well, I've always wanted to develop operating systems. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, told, I said, that's not a good idea. I said, that's so hard. I, I said, look at Microsoft. I mean, you know how much time they spend just maintaining their operating system? And, and it's got all the, all the hardware independencies. Yeah, but then I would know where to go when I'm having trouble. Like, uh, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't care about this, you know, because this doesn't have anything to do with me. <laughs> and then, it, you know, then it was like, I'm going to manufacture my own tablets. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've contacted a manufacturer, and I'm going to get my own tablets. Like, okay, um, okay. Very. I, that's a good plan, I guess. You'll know the <laughs> hardware then. You'll know the operating system then. And then he's, uh, I got a DoD contract. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? I don't even know what he's talking about. And so he, then he starts talking about Dynamics and everything else. And he went. I said, okay. So you need a Dynamics implementer to manage your ERP. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. So what are you going to put in your ERP? Well, just imagine everything's in it. Okay. You're going to need to tell me what everything is. I don't know what just every. <laughs> imagine everything's in it. <laughs> and I need, yeah. And I need to be able to track all that and to do the, the, the different business people are in it and I'll have HR in there. And I'm like, Okay. So I still don't know what you want to do. I said, let me, I've got a software guy. I said, let's schedule a meeting with him and we'll talk about implementation because he could help you implement. And we get, to, we're not on the phone for 10 minutes with my software guy. And he's like, I don't understand what you want. <laughs> I don't, he said, I'm not, and, I'm not, and then he explains it again. He said, he's looking and he said, well, what you really need is you need a Microsoft Dynamics implementer and I'm not your guy. Uh-huh. And so I was like, okay, um, sorry. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that this guy won't match up with what your needs are, but, but I agree. I said, I said, this doesn't make sense for me. So I called my software guy back. I said, dude, this guy's bat blank crazy. I don't know uh -huh. what he wants. He's like, I don't know what he wants either. He's, <laughs> he said, I think this is, I said, I don't think this is right. I said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to politely tell him, best of luck. Cause I don't, you know, even if he's legit, this is going to be a bad relationship because I can't understand what he really wants and what I can, what he needs from me. So yeah. if I don't know what that is, I, I don't know. Yeah. So then he sends me an email the next day. Oh, still going, still going. He sends me an email the next day says with this long email of what he's thinking about doing and this and that. And uh, he said, so let's talk this money thing. He said, he said, so what I'm going to do or what I want to do. And he, he breaks down the cost, you know, of this contract. And he, and my portion of the contract, my company's portion for managing office 365 license is $42 million. That's what I'm going to make. My company's okay. going to make. All right. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, and I just said, you know, I read it. I read it a couple of times and I couldn't figure out the angle. I mean, I, I really just, I'm like, I don't understand this. Uh, my gut says just. Oh, at some point you're going to have to buy in. Yeah. You, I, I was wait. When's the buy in? When, yeah. when do I buy in? Yep. So I was like, I'm not waiting for that. I, I polite, I sent him a polite, inf, you know, email saying, I respect, you know, thank you for the opportunity of doing business. I'm going to have to respectfully decline this offer. I wish you best of luck with this huge endeavor. And I haven't heard back from him since. So I was like, what is the angle? And so I, I told my team this morning about it. I, I said, well, we, we turned down a $42 million contract 
this week. So just saying, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I explained it. I, exp- I gave the real high level short version of that. And one of my guys said, well, that's a scam. I said, I know it's a scam, but I can't figure out what it is. He said, no, no, what it is, is they get the government contract and then they commission um, contractors to do the work. You don't deliver the work. They say that they paid you the money. They pocket the money. They disappear. You're a legitimate business. You owe the money for the contract work that did not get completed. I was like, there it is. I knew it was there. (laughs) It was there somewhere. But I, so I, uh, like I said, well, a fictional character, you know, Travis McGee, he says, you know, you, you fundamentally can't con an honest person. And on, I'm not saying it's impossible. He's not saying it's impossible, but an honest, an honest person is a lot harder to con because they're not trying to pull a, pull anything, not trying to pull a fast one. I know you're you're not going to fall into greed for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because $42 million is a lot of money. And that got my attention. Yeah. If, if I had that kind of money, I, I would retire. I mean, I, I, I would not keep doing sublime in the way that I'm doing sublime. Oh, why would you? So, (laughs) so let me, let me make sure I get this straight. So you turned this guy down, right? I did. Is he still looking for developers? (laughs) (laughs) I can introduce you. (laughs) Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. Well, I I thought it was interesting from the standpoint of uh, it was a real, I mean, it was a real scam. I mean, Mm -hmm. with the the complicated, I was like, yeah, like, wow, that was, that was kind of a long, I mean, you know, when you're talking $42 million or whatever, you know, that's a, that's a long game. Yeah. So, and you know, this, this is playing on the, you know, our fear of the sunk cost fallacy, like, you know, We've answered these questions. We've come along. We want more and more to believe this is real. You know? Yeah. And, and on that note, you mentioned the cult of CrossFit. I threw in a link to a really good interview on another <laughs> podcast. Um, the guy's uh-huh. name is Stephen Hassan. And he is an expert on cults. Mm-hmm. So I first heard of him about a year ago, and then he was just on this uh, podcast again, and he has a new book out, and he also recently got his uh, doctorate studying this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah? The focus on this episode was QAnon. 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 Q, the conspiracy theorists, you know, the ones who are proposing, like, purporting all these stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The sad part is uh, this, this hit real close to home because <laughs> I know somebody who like every time, if you listen to this episode and I highly recommend you do not just mm-hmm. our listeners, but Adam, you should, it, it is a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every time when uh, they give an example of like, Oh, you know, maybe it's your crazy uncle George thinks that, there are lizards from other dimensions coming in to steal our <laughs> brains or something like that. I have a relative who believes and has <laughs> repeated and told me like, not, not just like I've heard her thinking about this. She has told me like straight up to my face, like Hillary Clinton is in league with the Illuminati and they are sacrificing babies to vampires from other dimensions. And <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, Hey, <laughs> All right. Well, I will check that one out. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, well, and this isn't a new phenomenon, the, uh, the cult thing. I mean, it's been around a long time. There is, we, we just happened to catch on uh, one of the, I think it was the history channel or it, was, it wasn't the history. It's the one, it may have been on sci-fi where they were going through this building archive um, uh, dig in Amsterdam and the building was from the 1800s and they just refound. I mean, it, it had been in disrepair, but they just refound the basement in 1999 and mm-hmm. they've been excavating it. And they found like all of this multiple kitchens set up and uh, all these caves built underground and rooms and 
just completely, you know, it was like, what did this guy do? He, he was a, uh, he had a whole bunch of money and you know, they they, the long and the short was he was a suspected cult leader. I mean, he was building his apocalyptic group and they were going there to survive the great pandemic and everything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep, it never yep. ends. It, and and it's like, it doesn't end like, because, you know, these are the same people who are saying like, you know, well, the world is going to end in, you know, in, in 1999. Oh, we were off pilot. It's going to end in 2000 at the millennium. <laughs> oh, we met 2010. Oh, we got it wrong. It's 2012. <laughs> no, wait, it's 2022. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. and, I didn't know this. Um, I didn't know that that was a big part of the Mormon faith was the, the, the preparation for Mm. that. I mean, they, they have like locker rental stores for your stored goods as a member of the church. I mean, that's a a big thing. I was like, huh, I did not know that. (laughs) Be prepared. Be prepared. I mean, I don't know. Obviously I'm a, Boy Scout at heart, and I think we should be prepared. But let's let's use some. Yeah, there's there, but but the thing is, and that that's the thing though is they use tips like this where they take a little bit of reality, and then dot 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 insanity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yada yada yada. There you go. That's the part. So. Insanity. <laughs> yep. Oh, how much time do we have left? I don't know. I think we're pretty close. I think, uh, I think, uh, I think this is pretty decent. We should uh, move on and maybe do a nifty and uh, call it good. Okay. Well then, then I'll, I'll, I'll just call our cloud, my cloud radial experience for MSPs are nifty. That sounds nifty. Let's talk about that and we'll save my speakers for next week. (laughs) All right. So, so this would, this is a nifty service for MSPs. It's a very practically cost service as well. And, but so what it does is it is a wrapper. It is a, um, a digital dashboard where you can take information from multiple locations and bring them together for your client experience. I mean, there are lots of things like that. There's Microsoft Power BI. I'm not talking about that uh, yeah. bright gauge. I'm not, talk- I'm not talking about just a gauge. I'm talking about a, a working platform where your clients can take a look at their tickets they can take a look at their assets. They can take a look at how many Office 365 licenses they have. They can get training in there. They can store their um, documents surrounding IT in there where we can collaborate with them. Now, all of these things are possible through other means. I mean, we could do what I talked about with Teams. We could talk about how I could do that with Kaseya. We could do that with IT glue, but I would be sharing those with five, six different applications where this brings it all together under one application. And it's a really put together thing for Microsoft 365 subscribers, because then you use the single sign on and it, it gets you signed into the platform, but it also has you signed into your Microsoft products as a well, as a side of that. And then within the portal, it's got nice shortcuts for all of your Office 365 applications. So if you, I mean, you could do it through a web browser. It doesn't take any of those other things, other ways that you can get there, but it brings them all together. It's also got canned um, tickets. So you go in there, you say, I have a problem. Problems, computer, slow, whatever. And then you put in, you, you don't have to put in your name or any of that stuff. You just put in the stuff and then it submits it straight through your ticketing system using an API. So it's not using email where they're taking a chance that it might get lost or being marked as spam. Yep. Direct API, exact yep. classifications that you want, exactly from the user that you want. Sure. Um, and it's, it's pretty slick. And as the manager, the manager can see all the tickets that their team has in the portal in one place. And then the users can see their own tickets that they have. Cause that's another thing that most users, they can't see their own tickets and they don't know what the status is. And most yep. of the time that's their big frustration is just not knowing. One, I one, one aside, 
We we enabled client side views of our ticketing portal system about. Oh yeah. This must have been like uh, eight ten years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Everybody to a to a client without exceptions, they would look at it one time after we showed them how to get to it. Yep. And never again. <laughs> they would just email us, and since we're really responsive to emails. That yeah. was good enough. But anyway, carry on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. the The users have to buy in if they want to, and they've got to they've got to find value in it. Even if they don't find value in it, they don't want change. Or if, even if there is value there, a lot of them don't want change, and they'll just do it the same old way that they've ever been doing it. Uh, my vision is that the the managers will find value in it my operations managers, my practice managers, they will find value in it because they can see all these things about their company. The other thing that it does is it also does, so I do technology business reviews. Mm -hmm. It will also help generate the data for your technology business review. So you set up metrics on your policies of how important things are, and then it feeds into a... Uh, a, a category and it marks it as green, yellow, or red based on what your metrics are. So uh, if you're a HIPAA compliant shop, one of the very important things is that screen saving must be turned on and it yeah. must be at a ridiculously short rate. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, so the policy can then there's an agent, the agent queries the computer, the computer responds back that says, yes, I have this policy. And you're, you're monitoring a hundred computers and they all show back good, this box shows back green. But it'll also do the metrics so you can do like a fail if it's just one instance. Like if there's one computer out there with no antivirus, you want that to fail. But if there's one computer out there that doesn't have a screen saver on sure. you want that to be a hey somebody needs to dig into this and that's yellow a alert, yellow yeah. alert versus red <laughs> alert. yeah this is a 10 point hit instead of a fail alert yep. you know yep. so it does some pretty cool things like that all these things are doable in other things because i use audit it for that particular thing yep. but i have to manually do that i have to run my own report I have to review my own report. Then I go into audit IT and say whether it was green or not, because there's no way to tie those systems together. Right. So this is pretty cool. And there's also client training for Outlook. It's got how to use SharePoint as a basic user. And then they have uh, what they call their Big Brain Academy. Or I think, it, I think they just call it Big Brains. And then you can get all kinds of other training applications within the portal mm-hmm. and it's just kind of another way to draw the the clients okay. into the portal but Sounds they can, like a pretty cool comprehensive offering yeah and it's not bad price so right now the price is 195 dollars per month for 500 endpoints which really isn't bad yeah uh, they are going up on price though in april because they're um they're adding some more stuff. Oh, another thing that I really like is they have a Teams app. So if you're working with a company who, who lives in Teams, in the bottom left-hand corner is the, you have your, your little icon within Teams. They click it, it pulls the portal open and they can submit their ticket right there, which would be faster than email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's instant, instant go. So pretty cool, nifty. Pretty nifty. If you're an MSP, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, it's not, it does sound pretty cool. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think, is, like, is this something I could take care of, manager? <laughs> Probably not right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, it looks like my uh, newest client, if it comes through, is going to be uh, more of a uh, compliance-focused uh, CISO-level type thing uh, for uh, an organization in the financial spaces. Mm-hmm. So not so much the MSP stuff. I mean, my, my MSP, you know, stuff, it's, it's pretty well dialed in, you know, it's small within, you know, manageable parameters right now. So, yeah. but anyway, that is, I admit that is nifty <laughs> on that note. Yes. Maybe you should take us out. Maybe, maybe I shall. All right. 
Well, listener, we do want your feedback, not your spam. I saw that spam last week. (laughs) We would like your feedback. And if you'd like to discuss a particular topic, you can drop us a line at www.blurringthepod.blurringthelion. All right, try this again, www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. There's a contact us form out there. Uh, fill it out. We'll get notification. We'll we'll talk about it on the show, except if it's spam. <laughs> Blurringthepodcast.com. Blurring the podcast. Let's blur that podcast. We are not drinking on this podcast. <laughs> not yet, but I have a feeling later today. <laughs> oh, I do. You know, when, when COVID lifts, I say that uh, we must road trip. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've already plotted it out, but, uh, you know, there are superchargers from here to Tennessee. So mm-hmm. I can definitely make that drive and Elon will flip the bill. So Elon will flip the bill and then we'll, we'll head off somewhere. I'm two two weeks uh, today. This is I'm two weeks past uh, vaccination. So oh, nice! I and should be ninety percent, ninety percent clean, free and clear right now. Yeah, and I mean your color looks great. Oh, I mean, thank you. Hey, it's the background <laughs> lighting. <you know? laughs> well, I have not because I'm not in a, uh, I'm not technically medical, even though I provide medical services. Yep. Or I'm in there with patients and stuff, yep. but. I won't get it till April. April's coming up. So no beer until sometime after April. No beer, no beer until sometime after April. And then, then we'll have COVID-21 that we'll deal with. <laughs> On that note, I think it's time that we push the big red button. Just push the big COVID button. <laughs> big COVID button. This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century.